I want to share a scripture with you that God has just been laying on my heart. And um, I feel that I have a tendency to look at things um, and I like to know if, if you boil it all down, what's the bottom line? Give me the bottom line here. I, ha- I get lost in details sometimes. And details kind of cause my mind to get lost sometimes. And, and so if I can understand a situation or a problem, if you can give me the bottom line, then I can figure out all the other stuff you know, as I go. And so I'm looking to find what that is. And being raised in a Christian home, in the home of a pastor, you are immersed. You are uh, just flooded with religious things. All right? And I found as I grew older that I was looking for ways to figure out the bottom line. Okay? I wanted to know what the bottom line of this faith thing is. What is the bottom line of religion? Of of all of the stuff that's in here, can you boil it down for me into a sentence or two so that I can get it? Right? And so what I wanted to do is to weed through all of the things that mankind has interjected into religion, okay? And in religious studies, they call it sometimes building a fence around a topic or a religion, building a fence around religion, okay? So if God says one thing, mankind will say, okay, if God says, keep the Sabbath holy, that means... I'm not going to do this on the Sabbath. And they take it and they make it so much more. So they take the command and they build other commands based on this command. All right? And in a sense, so what they're doing, they're heaping up more stuff for mankind to do in order to keep the laws of God. Does that make sense to you? All right? Because that can be confusing sometimes. And so we take... What God has given us that is very straightforward, very simple, and we make it complicated by adding more things to it, all right? And I found that I was really looking for the pure, the truth, the um, unadulterated version of what God says. That's what I want. How am I supposed to live my life? in view of all of the things that are in here. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to get lost in it. I don't want to get lost in what I've been taught is right. Give me the truth, O God, of your word. That's all I want. And you know what? God and his grace and his um, unconditional love makes what he requires of us. So very simple. But we complicate it so much. And we cause our own undoing, we cause our own stress by striving 
striving to achieve. We cause our own um, busyness of our lives by filling it with so many things that really, when it comes down to it, don't matter. And so, we, we fill our lives with vain accomplishments. We fill our lives with making as much money as we possibly can. We fill our lives with trophies of things that we've accomplished in our lives and, and these accolades and the praises of men. And it's all self-centered. And when our lives are self-centered, there's chaos. When our lives are, when our eyes, let's put it this way, when our eyes are on us, our lives are lacking fulfillment. But when we keep the simple commands of God, and I'm not talking necessarily the Ten Commandments. I don't want to limit it to that. There's so much more, okay? But when we keep the laws of God, when we very simply obey, when we very simply obey God. Let's turn to this scripture right now. With what? Shall I come, well, I'm going to start in verse 6. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come before him with, with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be blessed with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of olive oil? And you see, people like to come to God and thinking that their, <coughs> their gifts um, and their offerings are going to be enough to cover themselves and to please God. We would think that coming to church is enough to please God. It's not. It's not. It's just simply not. Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Should I go to that point to where I can give, there's nothing more that I could give than to give my firstborn. Of course, this is being facetious, but in verse 8, it boils down to this. Pay attention. You got your ears on? Back when, uh, back in the 70s and 80s, most people had um, CB radios. Anybody here had a CB radio before? All right, a number of you did. Oh, that's cool. All right. And we would say, you know, you'd, you'd call out your, your, uh, your friend's handle or your family member's handle. My dad's used to be Swamp Fox. They used to call him Swamp Rat, but Swamp Fox was his was his handle. And they, they, they'd say, Swamp Fox, you got your ears on? Which meant, are you listening? You there? All right. You got your ears on? So I ask you today, you got your ears on? I won't call you Swamp Rat or nothing. Now listen, he has shown you, O oh mortal, what is good. <laughs> 
And what does the Lord require of you? And here it is. And so if, if we, you were ever to ask yourself, what does God require of you? Now listen. It's almost as if he's whispering it. Peacefully, with the sound of his beautiful voice, into your ears, as if it was just the two of you. Just the two of you sitting down over coffee. God, what do you want from me? How do you want me to live my life? And listen. To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. To act justly. Treat others justly. Love mercy. Show mercy to others as you have been shown and to walk humbly with your God. (laughs) Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that beautiful? Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. What does that mean to walk humbly with your God? Well, if you think if, if you and a friend were taking a walk, well, you'd kind of stay together, right? It wouldn't make much sense um, if, if one of you was 25 paces ahead, right? Uh, I, I have some friends that, you know, they would go to the mall and the husband, he'd be 25 paces ahead and the wife, she back there, and she'd have to call to him, hey, what, what are you doing way up there? And he said, well, you're taking too long, all right? And so when we're walking... We're walking together. And remember that scripture that says, keep in step. Let us keep in step with the Holy Spirit. So walk humbly with your God. Walking humbly is staying with God. And that leads us, it's showing us to obey. Obey God. Humbly, very simply. Act justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly with your God. I want these words to to just drill into your head, but I want it to be in a very um, peaceful way. There is no striving that is necessary. Do you understand? What God expects of you and I, His people, is very simple. It's very straightforward. And it's fulfilling. We are to love and to obey Him and to love each other, right? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. God always includes our neighbors, doesn't he? Boy, that Mr. Rogers knew what he was talking about, didn't he? <laughs> it's hard to believe that he was like an army ranger. He was just so gentle. He seemed so gentle. And, and uh, I think he had tattoos and stuff like that. You just never know it by that red sweater he wore all the time. <laughs> you know, Right? Turn to 1 Samuel 15. 
we're referencing some scriptures that you may not have been to in quite some time. 1 Samuel chapter 15. Now, I want to set the stage a little bit here as to what has been happening. God is giving Saul victories over enemy armies, okay? And God specifically told Saul, you are to take nothing from these neighboring armies. You are not to take any of their people. You are not to take any of the things that would normally be given to in fair game for the conquering armies. All right? And loot, if you will, whatever that case may be. So if you conquer an army, all their stuff belongs to you. All their cattle, all their belongings, all their gold and silver, and all their land, everything belongs to you. But God says, not this time. Not this time. Because I'm afraid that if you guys start taking this stuff, you're going to start serving their gods. You're going to start acting like them. You're going to start behaving like them. And you are not to act or behave like them. And so he gave them a stern warning. And yet... Saul, the king who was in charge, did that very thing. He set some things aside that were special. And he said that he was doing it for good reasons. Okay? So let's go to the scripture here verses, uh, of chapter 15, verses 22 to 24. But Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the Lord? Now listen, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. For rebellion is like the sin of divination and arrogance like the evil of idolatry, because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He has rejected you as king, Saul. You were the man in charge, and I gave you specific instructions, and you disobeyed me, Saul. I told you to leave all of that stuff alone, and you disobeyed me. You got your hand caught in the cookie jar, old Saul. And so Saul was saying, I, you know, I was going to take all these cattle and, and do one big offering to you, Lord, one big great sacrifice, and, and in this you would be happy. And God's like, Saul, dude, I told you, don't touch that stuff. Stay away. And what did you do? You tried to convince me that what you were doing was right when I told you it's wrong. You disobeyed me. And here's where the phrase comes from. To obey is better than sacrifice. Saul, you could sacrifice a million rams. But if I told you not to touch them, am I going to be pleased with you? No. Why? Because you disobeyed me. 
You didn't listen, Saul. And because you rejected my command, you have been rejected as king. It cost him his kingdom. To obey is better than sacrifice. Of all the accolades that we could ever have, all the trophies that we have won and could sit on our mantles in our house, proudly displaying our greatness, all of the great um, certificates that we could ever have for our education and best salesman of the year and, and all of these great things. God desires obedience. You want God to be pleased with you? Obey Him. Simply obey. And while you're at it, love your neighbor. (laughs) Friends, living lives for God is really simple, but we complicate it very, very much. We fill our lives with things that don't matter. And when we do that, we complicate. We cause our stress. We cause this. We cause that. We cause chaos in our lives. And pretty soon, we're not happy. We're not fulfilled. We're run down. We're overwhelmed. But if we just take a breath of Would you do me a favor? Just close your eyes right where you are. Just close your eyes. And I just want you to breathe in through your nose and out through your mouth. You know, in different circles, they would call that a cleansing breath, right? Uh, But I want for the peace of God to dwell in you richly. Your lives be filled with the peace of God. Not with accomplishments, not with trophies, accolades, or uh, papers saying how good you did in this and that. Simply, act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Would you stand with me today? First Thessalonians, and you don't need to turn there. I'll chapter four, verse eleven. <clears throat> you know the Bible is so good, it has so much for us to apply to our lives. In chapter 4, it talks about living our lives to please God and how we can do that. All right? And it goes into a little more detail, and you can look this up on your own time, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But this scripture at around verse 10, it says, Yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more. Now, what is he talking? He's talking about loving each other. 
And we urge you, brothers and sisters, to love each other. And don't just stay at that rate, if you will. If so, if you're at a 75% loving my neighbor ratio, <laughs> go to 85. You know, constantly increase. Do it more and more. Now listen to what this says. And make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. People don't live quiet lives much anymore. Everybody and everybody else's business. I got what you need. And you're lacking. I got the answer for you. <laughs> right? Everybody all over Facebook. Experts, all kinds of different fields. Everybody got their Facebook PhD. You can quote me on that. I just made that up. <laughs> but it says, and make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. You know what that means? Mind your own business. How about that? Mind your own business. Yeah, the Bible just told you that. Live, do your best. Make it your ambition instead of making your ambition to put trophies on, on the mantle and plaques on the wall. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. To lead a quiet life. You should mind your own business and work with your hands. Did your mama ever tell you, your grandma maybe? Idle hands are what? The devil's workshop. The devil's workshop. Idle hands. If your hands ain't busy, you're going to get in trouble. All right? <laughs> Mind your business. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life and work with your hands, just as we told you. So that, and here's why, so every, all these other things add up to this, and it says, because, so that in your daily life, you may win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody else. So you're paying your own way. A lot of people don't like to pay their own way today. Everybody likes to get a free ride on everybody else and tell everybody else their own business. Mind your own business. Do your best. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Work with your hands. Keep yourself busy so you're not pointing the finger at everybody else. You know? Act justly. Love mercy. Walk humbly with your God. Obey God. Love people. If we could, if we could boil down the word of God into the four words, can we do that? I don't know. Obey God. You know, it's in the quietness, it's in the stillness, and it's in the simplicity of those words that peace settles on you. The peace of God settles on you because you know that you're in good standing with God and that he loves you 
more than you could ever think. He's got great things in store for you. He wants you to be at peace. And he wants you to show that same love that he's showing you to somebody else. Very simple. Very straightforward. Oh God, we cry out to you today. Forgive us, Lord, for filling our lives with things that don't matter. Forgive us for striving for things that you never intended for us. Help us, Lord, to obey you and to love people. Help us, God, to place our focus on these things. May we simplify our lives and may the peace of God cover us. In Jesus' name, amen.